Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamai. Joining me today on the second part of our series on Mike and Justin's journey, see I've already given it a title now, is Justin Chrysostomo. Justin, how are you? I'm doing well, Brent. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Also joining us, friend of the pod, 15 minutes ago was acquaintance of the pod, but is now friend of the pod, Mike Ward, Senior IT Manager, Application Lifecycle Management at SAP Fieldglass. In today's iteration, we're going to continue our conversation on Mike's journey, on Justin's journey. I'm going to start, Mike, this time with you for what was helpful for you when you got started? Uh, having someone who was well-versed in, in the methodology and had the patience to work with me and show me. So that was really the most helpful. Um, a shout out to um, a gentleman by the name of Terry, um, who at the time I was cursing his name because he was bringing in all this change and all this, um, why are you doing this? Why are you disrupting my world? Um, and today I look back and because he actually took the time uh, and spent quality time with me, I look back and, and really think back today and go, what would Terry be doing in this situation? And I lean on, it was a very difficult time for me to go through at the time, uh, but I really look back now and respect his leadership and his mentorship and his um, persistence with, with you know, bringing me along on the Agile journey. Um, never got angry, never got, you know, he just would slow down and explain and ask, you know, why are you thinking that? And why, you know, and help bring me along. And uh, awesome. it was just beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. Justin? So. Uh, very similar to Mike's answer. Uh, it was having a, this was actually a team of consultants who worked together very well already, a product person and engineers that came in already doing Scrum, already having a ruler for their story estimation, um, wow. using story points and things like that. And as their scrum master, I wasn't their scrum master. I was being pulled along. Um, so I got to see what a good scrum team looked like mm -hmm. in practice mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. be their quote unquote scrum master until I was their scrum master. And that yeah. if I hadn't had that, I, I don't know if I would have stuck through this. I don't know if it would have been as successful. So I uh, definitely credit that to the early or early kind of um, attraction to, to the methodologies and frameworks. Interesting. And so, so, Justin, do you think, because I, I feel like I had a, a similar experience of having someone show me a good or better way, and then once, once I saw that, I knew what it was, and I did not want to settle for less than that going forward. It, did, did your journey take you that way, too? I, I think it did both for good and for bad. Um, and okay. yeah, so I think because in our last episode, we, we had mentioned, you know, getting out and, and exploring the different aspects that encompass Agile, right? The, the big umbrella is a, what a lot of people say. So by, by seeing good in one iteration and one kind of style, uh, what happened was moving on, I thought that was good. And that was maybe the only answer. Um, and it wasn't until I started really kind of reaching out and exploring and, and saying, why was this the only, why, why did this need to be, why is this way of doing story points as an example, better or worse than a Fibonacci sequence or better or worse than a logarithmic sequence or something like that. 
I didn't have those answers. And so I just kind of stuck into this is what I learned. So yes, it was, it, it was, it, it helped me identify when there were improvements that needed to be made where I was. Uh, but mm-hmm. it also hindered me because I stopped looking for better because I saw good. Okay. I like that. And I, I know for myself, um, some of that looking came into play when we would, there became a point when we would hire on people who said they had agile experience, um, new members to the team, um, or um, in, earlier in my career, when I would change jobs, go into a different team where they said they were agile. Um, and then finding myself going, wait a minute, they say they're agile, but they do things a little differently than I've been trained to, or they mm-hmm. say things, you know, they'll, they'll talk about story points or they'll talk about, um, you know, how they <clears throat> uh, do estimates in one way or another. Um, but it's a little different than the way I learned it. Um, but part of the, part of the accepting everybody's input was taking that pause and listening and, and then asking that question. Oh, is, is that a better way to do things and let them talk about their experience and then let, you know, either myself or someone on our team talk about our experience, but then blend like well, what would work best and start asking those better questions. Um, but it seemed to, to be more, the more that we mixed teams, the more that we got better ideas and evolved like, the concepts of agile uh, and that's why I like the buffet. It, it seems like people bring in pieces and parts. Sure. Uh, and even under a specific piece of the discipline, you could have all this variation. Um, and if you allow yourself to say, that's okay, um, adopt the best for your business um, or your uh, area uh, of work, and it's all good. And then be open to evolving it later if there's a better way. You so know, I want to wanna... experiment. I want to tie off on that and go, Justin, what's the thing you had to unlearn? Oh, uh, the, the thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I mean, the thing I had to unlearn what literally was as a waterfall project manager, it is very prescriptive that this is how you calculate earned value. This is how you do a work breakdown. Um, this is how you estimate up and then down and those sorts of things the thing I had to unlearn was exactly what we've been talking about is that there is not the way. Uh, And just because you've got a way that works doesn't mean the way you, that someone else is coming to you doesn't work just as well. Um, And if they're more comfortable with it, in fact, it might work better because you're not doing the work as a scrum master. Right. You have to be a little bit less uh, inward focused and, if there's a methodology, if there is a tool, if there is a framework that works better for your team, you're obligated to explore that with them, not to tell them, no, 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 no. I don't know anything about that. You got to do this instead. Right. Right. It, Mike? As a, uh, as a manager, what I would often run into with that is this excitement from people to bring in that latest and greatest but then also look at the project and go, you know what, we're, we are mid sprints or mid cycle. I respect that idea, but right now it isn't the time um, to, you know, like every sprint, we can't completely change our process or we can't completely bring in new, 
new tools. So there's a time and a place. And so as when I put on my manager hat, I have to strike that balance um, and capture that enthusiasm and take that and go, okay, well, we can place that, you know, how about if we try it in the next sprint or we, you know, um, uh, you know, make some sort of spike later um, to bring it in just because I know organizationally, it's not the best thing to do. Um, and so there's a balance, you know, it's like, we can't change, you know, um, our software languages, you know, every two weeks, we have to have some level of stability for a while within the process. So I think there could be a, an argument for too much change too soon, but finding the way to make that balance. Um, and, and so as a manager, I would struggle with that as an agile, um, enthusiast i'd be like yes let's try it <laughs> you know and so even like you know for myself it's a it's a struggle um you know it, but finding the way to balance it uh, i think is important and that's what businesses look for i so. always like the individual contributor who comes in you know the team member who'll come in and go yeah so i want to use this completely different language there's a book that just came out and it's the coolest thing ever and you're like that is so cool but, or as, <laughs> as Justin likes to say, when he and I are talking, it's yes, and yes, yes. and we right. should try that later. <laughs> we should try that later. Yes. So um, let's go through. So you had things that you had to learn or unlearn. Let's talk about resistance, right? So what was the, Justin, I'll, I'll start with you. What was the greatest resistance you ever ran into in your in your path and i'll say early in your path oh uh, okay so i had an answer for in my path and now early in my well, path. No, well, either way either way well i, I think and, and there's a there's a general thread to, through both and that was so early in my path as a scrum master convincing leadership that deadlines don't really mean anything if they're not realistic uh they're want dates so let's talk about want date and then we can have an actual conversation um, and then later on in my in my journey, as as again as a dev manager, uh, sort of along those same lines of, of I get that you've made this commitment to the business. Let me work my team through some of these things, and we're going to violate some agile principles by estimating way into the future. But we're going to actually give you some data and some options. Please don't give us the data, or don't give us the options without the data. Right. So, so those two things have that thread of the big resistance I got being this idea at the leadership level that there is a way to figure out a deadline and trying to educate gently on the cone of uncertainty. And I will give you a range until I know of a date. And I'll know of a date because that's when I'll come to you with the date it'll be that day, right? <laughs> like oh, pretty much, I will let you know we're done. I won't let you know we're going to be done. I'll right. give you a range for that otherwise. Mike, resistance? Yeah. Um, so just kind of reflecting back a little bit, like I think there are specific people and there are specific projects um, where there have been like more resistance than others. But, but what I've come to learn over the years is it, it's really a couple fundamental things. Um, uh, people's willingness to change or accept change 
Um, and it comes down to an individual. And those are usually the biggest pieces of resistance that I typically encounter. And when you dig a little bit deeper and you start to ask, well, why is there resistance to change? There are only just a couple fundamental um, pieces. You know, one, we don't always know what pressures a person is under um, to be resistant to change. Sure. Like we don't know what their deadlines are. We don't know what their priorities are. We don't know, you know what their agendas are, et cetera. And so if we can dig into that a little bit and help them figure out or help, help see what that resistance is rooted in, we could help say, here's how we could help alleviate that. So if it's a person who's, you know, like really fixated on deadlines, um, then, you know, we could show how they could be in more control and get what they would like. And they could release that pseudo dependence on like this false deadline, because they'll also say in the same breath, well, I want good quality. I want it perfect. I want this. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. You want everything, but how can we help you? You know, let's get past the deadline part. And let's break through, like, what are you being resistant to? But how can we help solve whatever that problem is? So for me, it, the, the greatest resistance has always been people and their willingness to look at something a little new. And how I like to try to overcome that is just really help them see what, what it is they're really asking for and see what we could do to help. And sometimes... There are some things that we could do immediately and sometimes there are not, um, but just being there and being ready and, and understanding they're coming from a different place um, is helpful to know. So. so that's a perfect place to end for this iteration. Uh, until the next time, I'm Brent. I'm Justin. And I'm Mike. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider. Reach out to us at info at faster than a or you can find us on Twitter at faster standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Stand-Up. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.